Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Speak Now Pro Wrestling. I'm your host, Denise Salcedo. It is January 18th, and we are here to chat AEW Dynamite uh, that took place in Fresno, California today. And there's quite a bit to get into for today's show. We had a banger, and I mean banger of a match that I cannot wait to talk to. Uh, you guys, if you watch the show, you already know what it is. And we just kind of got some more cool stuff, a very shocking moment uh, that's going to develop into some more storytelling. We got a heel turn tonight. I mean, there's kind of a lot to dive into for this episode of AEW. But before we get started, everyone, I wanna welcome you all. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Um, I know that it hasn't been, uh, you know, an easy last, you know, 24 uh, hours. It's been, you know, very, a very somber, not, you know, it, it's been hard. It's definitely been hard and even Yesterday, I didn't really feel like doing the NXT post show. It just felt really strange. So um, thank you to everyone who uh, understood all of that. Uh, but we are back here today and uh, we're just going to go ahead and, you know, dive into the show and do that. Uh, but let's see what people are saying here. Also, if you want to get your question, your comment, your statement, your thoughts on uh, AEW Dynamite here tonight, you are more than welcome to send in a super chat at any point throughout the show. Uh, that very much helps out support the show a whole lot. Uh, so let's go ahead and see what you guys thought of this show. We got a super chat here from Hunter Tillman. Hunter, it's been a while. What's up, man? Uh, Hunter Tillman says, hey, Denise, it's been a long time since I've actually got into to, to send a super chat, but I've tuned into your shows as much as I possibly could. Uh, I thought tonight's episode was pretty solid. Love the tribute to Jay Briscoe. Um, yes, I completely agree with you. Uh, they're going to do a little bit more too, I believe, on Rampage, which was something that was uh, announced here. And let me actually read this here. This is directly from uh, The Observer. Uh, in regards to uh, the tribute for uh, Jay Briscoe. So um, Tony Khan actually made the announcement on Twitter. I didn't see it until right now. Uh, so he basically just said, you know, thanks you to everyone watching uh, AEW Dynamite tonight. Uh, we're just getting started. We have a great live show for you all. Plus, after the live show, we'll film a special ROH tribute to the late, great Jay Briscoe, which will be available soon. Uh, free to everyone on Honor Club is actually what he uh, said here. So they're going to tape uh, a special uh, Jay Briscoe uh, tribute following AEW Dynamite. So they're going to be doing that immediately after tonight's show. Um, and then let me see here. FYI, because, okay, this was something to note here because based on this I thought that it was going to be behind the paywall it's not going to be behind a paywall uh, it is also going to be shown on Ring of Honor's YouTube page so uh, in order to uh, watch the show if you don't have a Honor Club you can watch on the YouTube channel for Ring of Honor so that'll be uh, something very nice to go ahead and uh, you know get to watch and whatnot so I can't wait to see that tribute show that should be very very nice uh, but Hunter Tillman thank you so much uh, for the for tuning in for coming back and for also sending in a very generous super chat as well i appreciate it man um all right guys so let's go ahead and get into it here today so um what did you guys think of AEW today i honestly thought that today's show it was interesting because it felt a little simple but yet it had some really good moments in here so like some of the stuff that was all right was all right but the stuff that was great was really great i kind of felt like there was no in between it was either or like this was really good and this was kind of just there there was nothing bad on the show whatsoever today and it flew by super, super fast. So I enjoyed today's episode of Dynamite, especially because I really thought, especially I know it's so early in the year, but I really thought that Bandito and Brian Danielson literally gave me one of my favorite AEW Dynamite matches in a very, very long time. I can't wait to talk about that. But I did get a super chat here from uh, Grapple Geekery. Thank you so much to Grapple Geekery who says, uh, FTR versus Briscoe's one was my match of 2022, uh, Rip J. And here's the thing, like, there's so many so many matches that we can go ahead and talk about and that's I'm excited for the tribute show um, because I'm assuming they're going to be playing highlights and you know memories and stuff like that so I am excited to see a lot of that. Um, one of the things that I put out yesterday was, you know, and uh, you know obviously here you know we have to speak about uh you know the briscoes both together because you know as a tag team so i've gotten to see them perform live in multiple uh different 
promotions throughout like the last couple of years, whether uh, it was freaking going all the way back to PWG, Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling. I just, I think, uh, you know, obviously Ring of Honor, but the last one that I think I saw them at was actually, well, saw Jay at was for uh game changer wrestling in Los Angeles not too long ago. And so it is one of those things that you just think last night on Twitter and even today and throughout the day, you have been seeing so many very, very nice tributes, whether it's stories, pictures, memories, favorite matches, you name it. Absolutely anybody who's anybody uh, in the wrestling world, fans, pe people in the business, everybody had something wonderful to say. And that to me screams screams louder than anything. When so many people from all different parts of of, you know, from all different avenues, all different parts of wherever they come from, whatever they're working at, no matter what they do, what position they hold, uh, what their situation is, um, they were all coming together to basically put out good words. And that kind of just goes to show, um, you know, who a person is when you have so many people coming together to uh, just say these really wonderful things about you. And, um, you know, everybody's been saying the same thing, clearly prayers to his daughters, uh, as his uh, wife did update the did update us on their status. And you know, that's clearly something that, um, you know, we're not going to get an update on overnight. So uh, it's been very, very, it's been very stuff like this is always really hard. And you know, it, it's tough to talk about, guys. It's really, really tough to talk about because last night, like I said, it was just such a somber mood where I know everybody, like, no matter what you are doing, it's one of those things where it's just constantly, you know, in the back of your mind. And, you know, you've been thinking about it all day. I know that's kind of where I was, where I would do something, get distracted a little bit, and then, like, go back. Like, it was just always there in the back of my mind. And it just, you know it just sucks, man. Like it sucks. Like I, I don't want to get, I don't want to get, you know, all, you know, dark here or depress anybody, but it is those things where, you know, when you see stuff like this happen, it's just, it's heartbreaking. And it also kind of just reminds you that we're here only for whatever time that we're here for. And, um, Okay, I'm not going to continue on because then afterwards I'm just going to get really, really uh, sad on here. But um, just, man, I don't know what to say. Everything that everybody's been already saying on Twitter, on social media, love the people that you love while they're here and while you're here. And uh, I'm going to press on because now I'm get, my throat's starting to get a little scratchy and I don't want to do that. So um, get a little hot in here. Uh, so let's just press on uh, to AEW and let's see what we got here. Um, Reggie Simmons says, uh, I love wrestling. Have an awesome show. Rest in honor, Jay. That's all. Uh, yeah. And that's the, one of the things that I want to talk about too, once we get into everything in more detail, but it was one of those things where, uh, you know, we kicked off the night with, you know, uh, Jay Lethal, somebody who's also has his own history in ring of honor. And even the second match after that, it was like, we got this tag team match. And I don't know, I was just like kind of reading in between things. Where I'm like, oh, we got like ring of honor stuff. We got some tag team stuff. I don't know. I'm just reading a little bit too much to it but still um nick grosso sends in a super chat saying um first just want to say rip j briscoe thoughts and prayers with his family and friends so it looks like soraya and tony turned heel if so does athena join them maybe ruby too and i guess Britt and jamie faces now so here's the thing and i know we're gonna talk about this later but i might as well just talk about it now so i'm gonna go a little bit uh out of order here um so let me pull up my notes really quickly okay so Willow Nightingale versus Tony Storm was a match that we got here tonight. And this was pretty good. Like, I like this little back and forth. I thought the ending came abruptly, but it played into everything that we got afterwards. So Willow was like freaking fired up during this match. You got Tony Storm in there with a cannonball. But then Soraya, Soraya gets up on the apron and she uh, starts, you know, yelling and shouting and whatever she's doing. And so Willow is distracted by this. And this causes her to get, uh, this causes Tony Storm to roll her up, get the quick victory. And Willow's like, what the, like this just happened so suddenly, right? And um, so 
after this, like we kind of already had these teases that, you know, it, it was kind of hard to see Soraya as a, a baby face. And I know a lot of people kind of got there a lot earlier when she was doing the stuff with Britt Baker. When Soraya and Britt Baker were, you know, having their back and forth, the AEW crowd was on Britt Baker's side for the most part. Like they were rooting for Britt. They were on Britt's side, even though Britt was technically the heel and Soraya was the baby face. So it's kind of been, uh, you know, a while where people have sort of been uh, the... Uh, Soraya uh, as a babyface hasn't necessarily felt like the natural pathway. But uh, in regards to that, I remember, and I was just talking about this too, on last week's show for AEW Dynamite, we were just talking about this where... Um, we uh i was saying how like in that match that you know that we got with uh tony storm and soraya and jamie and Britt baker we were just talking about how jamie and Britt are the heels yet we're all kind of you know cheering for Britt and jamie versus tony and soraya who were supposed to be the baby face but we weren't necessarily like people were rooting for them but not so much in the way that they uh it was it was odd it was odd because they weren't like they didn't feel like the baby faces in this they didn't really feel like the people you wanted to cheer for like a baby face so it has the dynamic with Soraya and uh even Tony Storm with you know due to uh, association has kind of just felt very very off it doesn't really feel like what um you know, we're supposed to, uh, we're supposed to get here. So I'm actually really glad that this happened because after uh, Soraya essentially cost Willow Nightingale her match, after this, she ran in and she attacked Willow Nightingale. So she jumps her and she starts going to town on her. But then Ruby Soho runs out and Ruby Soho, uh, she basically uh, helps her out. So I'm wondering where they're going with this. Um, I know there's people with a lot of different theories and the women have been uh, the women have been a major, major topic in the last couple of days. Uh, and it's this it's I don't know where you guys land on this argument. And quite frankly, I don't care if you get offended by this, but I'm so sick and tired of this double standard that we are seeing for women in wrestling. Okay. I am freaking fed up with it. And I've talked about this on after the week. We just talked about it, Will and I on this show, but even just today, reading some of the quotes that I saw, seeing some of the tweets that I saw and just seeing the double standard that there is for women out there damn right like it pisses me off like at first this was the thing where I'm like oh this is a hot topic let's talk about it I can definitely connect to it um and now I'm just to the point where I'm a little bit angry honestly I'm angry that you know these uh that every single woman is every single woman that puts her body on the line to go out there and wrestle these matches and do whatever it is that they can to keep leveling up. I'm so sick and tired of all the double standards that we are seeing um, when it comes down to this. So it's one of those things that is upsetting to see. And I just think like, whatever it is that the women want to do in their matches, let them do it. If they want to do it, let them do it. Uh, and if you're going to have the that energy for the women, you got to have it for the men too. So sorry, I didn't mean to go off on a tangent, but I'm really at this point right now where I'm just a little bit like kind of fed up with that. Oh, God. All right. Thank you, Nick, for sending in uh, this super chat. And I'm so sorry that uh, I kind of went off there. But uh Man, guys, it's been it's been bubbling. It's been bubbling and it's like bubbling up inside me. You know, when you're just like, I really want to say this, but I don't know how to say this and I don't know how to get the words out. Um, but it is what it is. All right. Uh, Grapple Geekery says, uh, damn divas. Uh, Heidi Ho sends in a super chat saying, I really thought Ruby should have uh, attacked Willow if they're going to do the WWE versus AEW storyline. Um, to me, like that's obviously like an easy direction to go into, but I almost, I don't know if I want to lean into that so much personally for me. I don't know if that's the way that I want to see it. I know the fans are going to maybe, uh, read in between the lines in that manner, but I don't really think they should, uh, go about it this specific direction. That's kind of where I'm at with this. 
Uh, but thank you so much to Heidi Ho for also sending in uh, the super chat as well. And uh, we got a couple more here. So let me put these out. Uh, Sheldon Jackson says, Denise spitting fire and then drop the mic. Damn. You know, it, the other day when I was talking about this with, uh, with, uh, with Will on After the Week, my uh, my husband, he heard the podcast and he told me, he was like, you know what, Denise, I really think that you could have said a lot more. And I looked at him and I'm like, what? You really thought I could have said a lot more? And he said, yes, you as somebody who deals with, uh, you know, sexism every single day, you, you are somebody that can talk about this more. And so ever since then, it's been like in my head since Sunday, I've been thinking about this just over and over. And then I log into Twitter and I see the comments that are being put out there for the women. And it's just like, oh, it's frustrating, but damn. Okay. <laughs> Juan Ortega says Denise went off script and I really could go about this more, but I don't want to make it about me right now. And I don't want to make it about this. Um, but it is because it has been a hot topic in wrestling and, uh, you know, it is something that I'm seeing on my feed. I felt like I at least had to make some sort of a mention about it. Um, and I probably will talk about this more in the future because there's always going to be you know these these backwards views they're always going to be there so uh sam fines thank you so much for the uh, lovely uh, super chat and thank you so much for helping me out yesterday as well thank you sam um all right so ed jones says was that a siren bro you heard that too I heard that too. I heard a siren and I turned to the right and I was like, what is happening? But I just thought that nobody else on this podcast heard it. So I didn't acknowledge it. But now there's people on here saying they heard it as well. I don't know what's happening. Maybe something's going on outside. I have no idea. Um, all right. So let's go ahead and uh, continue on from here. And uh, let's go ahead and dive into, let's rewind because I kind of jumped ship and I started talking about the women's stuff, but I want to rewind here and go back and talk about the opening match of the night. So the opening match of the night saw Jay Letho versus Orange Cassidy in the AEW All-Atlantic Championship match, uh, Cassidy defending his title against Jay Letho. So um, here's the thing, like this match was pretty good, but it ended up being completely overshadowed. I didn't think it was like it was fine. You know what I liked about this one in particular was that there was a nice little mix there of action. We got to see Jay Lethal do quite a bit in here. And but there was a lot of comedy that was, you know, sort of added to this. So this match to me kind of felt like the comedy did sort of um, outweigh the in-ring action in terms of we did get to see more of the comedy. Uh, the comedy was a lot heavier in this match because there was a little, there was so much that happened here. So first of all, they did say that if Satnam Singh or Sanjay Dutt or Jeff Jarrett, if they got involved in this match whatsoever or any sort of capacity, that uh, Sanjay Dutt would essentially lose his job. So that was the whole, um, the whole bit. Um, so throughout this, like we get some good moments between Cassidy and Jay Lethal, but on the outside, all the guys are out there. Best friends are out there. Dutt's out there. Singh's out there. Uh, Jeff's out there. They're all out there. So they're a little bit of a distraction here. There's a moment where the referee is distracted and Jeff Jarrett tries to pass off the guitar. He tries to pass the guitar so that uh, Jay Lethal can use it behind the referee's back, but instead Dan Housen, I forgot to mention Dan Housen's there. Dan Housen comes out and he ends up um grabbing the guitar and like running with it and like running around the ring which was pretty funny and even before this they had a really hilarious bit where um so because they were all out there on ringside Dan Housen was dressed as an usher and he goes in and he's like asking them for their tickets but the funny part wasn't necessarily that to me the funny part was that Sanjay Dutt actually gave him the tickets like if he's a real usher and he really has to answer questions answer the questions of Dan Housen so this was really freaking hilarious but there were some good moments of uh, some other good moments uh, that I want to talk about here um let me see here we go um so all of, there was all these distractions. This basically allowed Orange Cassidy to get a dive to the outside on Jay Lethal. Um, that was really cool. There was another spot that they did where every time Jay Lethal went to the top rope, uh, 
Orange Cassidy would roll around and move to the other side. So Jay Lethal had to keep going up and down, up and down. So that was pretty funny, uh, pretty funny too. Cassidy, uh, Orange Cassidy hits a DDT, goes for a pin, gets a near fall. We see Jay Lethal hit the lethal con uh, combination, and then he also hits the uh, lethal injection. Orange Cassidy literally rose out of the ring right immediately after that. Um, but... The one part that I do want to talk about here, too, is that we do see Orange Cassidy obviously get the win afterwards, but the events that unfolded afterwards were really hilarious because Satnam goes in there and he tries to choke slam best friends, but Sanjay Dutt's like, no, don't do it. If you do this, I, I, I'm going to lose my job. So then Jeff Jarrett, he tries to get... um. He tries to get, I think it was Orange Cassidy with the guitar. And Sanjay Dutt goes right back in there. And he's like, no, don't do it. I'm going to lose my job. But then, so, but then Orange Cassidy starts doing his little bit where, you know, he's like supposedly hitting them and kicking them and all of these things, right? And Sanjay Dutt starts to lose his shit. He takes off his coat. He's like snapping. They have to hold him back. And I found this so funny because out of all the things, that is what triggered him. That is the thing that Sanjay Dutt was triggered by was Orange Cassidy doing his, his little bit on him. So I really enjoyed the comedy aspect of this uh, for this match. And I thought it was a good way to kind of get the show going on a nice, you know, on a nice mood, get people uh, laughing and interested in all of that. Um, so they're going to continue all of this, everything that they've been doing uh, with this whole story. Um, all right. So. Let's press on from here because this next topic, guys, this is one that I was a little bit, I was shocked. I'm not going to lie. I was definitely shocked during this. So you guys know the match that I'm talking about. Top Flight versus the Young Bucks. The Young ugh, The Young Bucks. Uh, Two-thirds of the AW Trios champs. And uh, there's a lot to kind of dive into here. So first and foremost, uh, as we know, the Young Bucks just won the Trios Champs at the L at the LA show, and that was a banger of a match. But they're coming out of this best of seven series, and one of the things that commentary was putting over was not only did they go through hell and back with the Death Triangle, but also they hadn't wrestled a tag team match, I believe they said since July of last year together. So, you know, they've been doing more trio stuff and all of that. So that was something that they mentioned at the top of this match. And for, I remember thinking when commentary mentioned this, I'm like, oh my God, are they trying to set us up here where Top Flight is going to win this match? And then I thought, nah, they're probably just saying that to throw us off. Continue on with the day, right? So that was the first sign right there that we were going to see an unexpected, uh, an unexpected win here. So anyways, we press on. Um, now on the Top Flight side, they're coming out of winning that uh, the $300,000 off of that Three Kings Battle Royale, whatever the hell they were calling that thing. Uh, they're coming off of that and then coming off of a really good match that they had with Brian Danielson and John Moxley, where they literally went toe to toe, head to head, whatever, with, uh, with the BCC. And that was something that we talked about when that happened, because it was one of those things where I remember thinking like, oh, you know, I can't really buy it seeing top flight go head to head against John Moxley and Brian Danielson in this capacity. But by the end of it, I was sold like I became a much bigger fan of top flight following that match and that was one of the things that I thought that AEW was doing really well was really building them up but even then I still didn't actually think they were going to defeat the Young Bucks here so let's talk about this match and some of the items that actually uh occurred during this there was a whole lot so I'm not even going to recap everything here but we did get like from the moment that this started with Dante and Nick Jackson, it was a really good match, a little good uh, sequence that they did there where you can tell that they were evenly matched up. So they kind of established that um, right away. We got some really fun sequences like we always do, especially with the Young Bucks. There is a lot that they kind of did here. There was a moment where, and I think this was the moment where the crowd really kind of set off. And this was when the Young Bucks were going in for the Meltzer driver, but instead top flight essentially avoided it and instead hit their uh they hit their power bomb nose dive combo and the second they did that the crowd erupted like this is where i think they had the crowd at the palm of their hands but we just kind of went back and forth we saw a destroyer from nick uh 
goes for a cover on Darius, but Darius kicks out. Uh, we see... We see the Young Bucks super kick Dante as he's literally leaping off of the top rope. And then finally, for the actual finish, we see the Young Bucks go for the BTE trigger. But instead, Darius ends up ducking and so they bang knees themselves. And this essentially <laughs> allows for uh, a roll-up and for... And for a roll-up on Matt and for Darius to get the quick win... Uh, and surprises all. So in this moment, when they actually won here, and with that very, very sudden surprise moment that they got here, I personally thought, my first reaction was, holy shit, they really went this direction. My first reaction, and it was funny too, because they panned to the crowd and the crowd shots. <laughs> Go back and rewatch the crowd shots, because there's literally like a guy standing there and he's just like, you know, frozen solid. And he's like, what the hell just happened? And so my reaction to this was, wow, they really had top flight defeat the Young Bucks after the Young Bucks literally just became trios champions, right? And so I'm thinking like, what is happening here? But to me, and to a lot of people, this is very clear and very clear of the indication of where we're going to next. Because as I mentioned, uh, the uh, top flight and AR Fox, all three, ended up winning those 300K in that Kings. Um, I always forget what they call it the tree, the three Kings thing. So they won that all together. And AR Fox has been pretty damn impressive on uh, AEW so far. Everything that he's done, uh, and even just his recent match that he had with Surf Swerve Strickland, that was really good too. But basically, it seems to me, and it's very obvious, that they had to get this win in order to, one, continue really establish. Like, getting a win over the Young Bucks is a big deal, okay? Getting a win over them is a big deal. It kind of sets up Top Flight to feel, like, even bigger on the roster. And then on top of that, it also kind of sets up this next continuing feud for the elite. So it's looking like we're going to lead to the elite with uh, Top Flight and AR Fox. That seems like the direction that they uh, should go into, uh, especially coming off of that long war that the elite had with the Death Triangle. So this was fun, guys. This was fun. It was unexpected. I was shocked in the beginning and I didn't know what to think. I was sort of split. I was like 50-50. I didn't know what to think, to be honest. But it is one of those things, though, that we're, and I've talked about this so many times on so many different podcasts, and I'm always talking about the element of surprise, man. The element of surprise to me is the golden ticket. I love that stuff. Whenever I feel like I, I couldn't predict this and things went down that I didn't end up seeing were going to happen to me, that's very exciting, and it keeps, this, it keeps the show feeling pretty fresh. So that's where I'm at with Top Flight and the Young Bucks. And let me just say this. I think Top Flight might have the, the best 2023. Uh, they're definitely up there in terms of young talent or just talent in general that is going to have a pretty solid 2023. If, this is, if what we've been seeing in the last month even is any indication, then we know they're going to have a pretty good year. Uh, coming up. Justin Martin sends in a super chat saying, uh, the way the Young Bucks did the tribute, then the Doomsday device was a beautiful moment. Hashtag rip Jay Briscoe. Um, yes. And that is one of the things that, you know, is nice to see as well. And you, you, and also I should mention too, that throughout the night, um, talent was also wearing, and this started as early as the first match Tal talent was also wearing the, uh, armbands as well. So that was really nice too. Um, all right. So <laughs> sorry, I was seeing some funny comments here on the chat and, uh, let's see what people are saying. This is from AFC and TP who says, pleased for top flight, always put on a great matches, but felt like injuries got in the way whenever it felt like they were about to take a big step forward. Yes, that's true. And it finally feels like all the weight and all of the patience that they had to had throughout all of these, you know, all the times that Darius was out, it finally feels like it finally feels like they're, they're, I don't know, like it's all worth it. It's finally paying off, right? They're finally getting to actually be the team that they want to be. And they keep getting put in these, uh, 
big moment scenarios. And uh, I don't know how many of you guys here are Coach 30 fans. Uh, he does those little TikTok videos about uh, NFL plays and botches and stuff like that. And he has a really funny line where he goes, a moment too big, piss down your leg. Oh my God. I love those videos. I watch them all the time. So, so that never happens to top flight. The moment's big and they do not piss down their leg. Um, thank you to AFC and TP. All righty. And uh, let's see what else we got here and see what people are saying. Um, let's see. Oh, man, I'm sweating, guys. And let's get into um, this next portion of the show. And let's see, let's see. After this, we had the guns, the guns and the acclaimed. So this was pretty fun. And they had a fun segment on Rampage as well, where they got their butts in the cement and all of that. So we're, we're coming off of that. So they're out there and they're talking about how they demand respect and they're the best tag team in the world. And uh, <laughs> they're pissed off that the acclaim embarrassed them. And they literally... The guns are growing on me. It took me a while. I was not like the biggest fan of the guns. Uh, to be honest, I really wasn't. Like, I didn't really feel, I didn't just didn't really feel it. But lately, with all of the uh, comedy that they've been doing, I, I've been liking them a little bit more now. Like, they've definitely grown on me a whole lot. So they come out there and they're like, we made the acclaimed popular. We are the reasons that they are champions. We even gave them our dad. When they said, we even gave them our dad, Oh, man, that was good stuff. That was good stuff. I love this. Uh, afterwards, the acclaimed comes out. They try to do their rap. But the guns are like, no, they stop it. But uh, Max Caster basically asked them to uh, mute the mics. So their mics get muted. And um, Max Caster does his rap. He has a really good line where he goes, uh, we got the atmosphere. You only got the job because your dad works here. I thought that was pretty funny as well. And then afterwards, he even throws a shot at uh, Hunter Biden. That was another thing that was in there and some some pretty funny lines there. So it was it was fun. It was fun. Uh, after this, they brawl out. And then uh, Billy Gunn basically announces that they are going to be doing family therapy. So that tells me to expect some really funny skits out of this. Uh, that's really what I want to see. Honestly, that's, that's the reason I'm interested in this whole beef between the gun club and the acclaimed and the acclaimed stealing their father is I'm looking forward to all the comedy that they can do with this. And given how over it's all gotten, uh, it's kind of cool to see. It really is cool to see that. Um, also, one more thing. <laughs> Max Caster called them. He said, they aren't the bulldogs. They're the bullshitters. That was funny. All right. Anyways, let's see what we got here. Mike T90K, thank you so much for sending in this super chat. He says, I have the same shirt. Awesome dynamite. Scissor me, Denise. Thoughts on Nick Khan not being afraid of anything except rattlesnakes. <laughs> okay. So now I know, for a second, you threw me off there, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Also, are you talking about this shirt? You got this shirt, the one that I'm wearing? This is a dress. <laughs> All right. Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh like that. All right. Um, Mike T90, I agree with you. Awesome dynamite. Uh, there you go, scissored. And thoughts on Nick Khan not being afraid of anything except for rattlesnakes. So for those of you guys who do not know what Mike is talking about here, uh, Nick Khan did an interview earlier today with Bill Simmons, and I covered that all on the latest. So if you guys don't want to listen to the entire podcast, uh, we basically broke down those pieces and you can watch them in a very quick eight minute video. So um, he was asked about Tony Khan and AEW and whether or not he essentially feared AEW and Tony Khan. And Nick Khan basically said, no, he doesn't fear anybody or anything. And that's not how he does business. That was pretty much the gist of it. Uh, but he fears nothing. Uh, thank you so much to Mike T90K for sending in this super chat. Uh, Ed Jones says rattlesnakes don't make good corporate pets. Oh, man. Man, man, man. All right. <laughs> Sam Fine says Denise's real laugh always makes me laugh. 
Oh no, do I got a fake laugh? Has my fake laugh came out? Oh God. No, I feel like my real laugh just sounds like a man gasping for air. Like, <gasps> that's all it is. That's my real laugh. <laughs> it's, you heard it. It's embarrassing. It's very embarrassing. It's just, it's just a man. I sound like a man trying to breathe or something. But that's the real laugh. So if you ever really hear like a cute <laughs> giggle, that ain't my laugh, bro. That's fake. Um, all right, but moving on from here. So that was fun. So prediction time, because I'm curious to see what vibe you guys got with the Renee Paquette, uh, Adam uh, uh, Hangman Page backstage segment that they did here, because I kind of got this vibe that I don't really know how to word my vibe, but... I feel that maybe Hangman Page might want, might just want to kind of rekindle things with John Moxley. And I'm not really sure what I mean by rekindle things, but something tells me that maybe, maybe he doesn't want to stay enemies, you know? It, 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 am I the only person getting this vibe? I, I don't know because, so they're talking about, um, you know, they're having like a pretty laid back, very relaxed, setting interview like they're not in this you know they're not in front of their big little stage setup Renee doesn't even have a microphone so it's supposed to be a really relaxed thing and he's basically talking about how he needs to have some hard conversations and uh you know he teases he kind of teases like he's going to ask Renee for a favor in terms of maybe sending back a message to John because he even asked he even asked Renee like how's John doing and he kind of teases like he wants to tell her something to tell to him but he kind of backs out so I don't know what the vibe was there what do you guys think like am I am I am I am I reading this am I reading this wrong am I reading this correctly what do we got here um, we got people saying this was an awkward vibe. We got D. Laura saying he wanted to ask about CM Punk. We got Michael Graff says, I think Hangman wants to be besties. Uh, Dylan says, I assumed he meant the elite. Um, let's see what else we got here. And Ted Jones says, Renee gave him the fake laugh. <laughs> um, all right. I don't know, guys. I really don't know what is, uh, you know, what it is that he really wanted to actually say here. So... It's interesting. St okay, here we go. This is a good one. This is from Matt Hensley. I like this outlook. Matt Hensley says, Mox knocked out Hangman and made him forget the name of his child. As mad as Hangman is at Mox, he doesn't want him to forget his, his kid too. I love this. Mac, that's it. I quit. You're taking over the show, man. Uh, this, this is a really good insight here. I like this. I'm sticking with this. I'm going to steal your idea. Uh, I'm going to steal your idea here. Uh, I really like that. I'm going with that. Uh, Chris says... Now I realize you've been fake laughing me. Oh, no, I have not. I definitely have not. Oh, man, I'm going to be very self-conscious about my laugh. But I don't know if that happens to you. Uh, for those of you watching the show, but do you ever feel like your laugh changes? This is really stupid. Do you ever feel like your laugh changes? And sometimes you laugh really ugly. Sometimes it's not that great. And sometimes it's like a decent. I can't figure it out. You know what? I don't even want to get into this conversation because I'm going to go off topic again. Uh, but this happens too, right? <laughs> this happens to people, right? Like we all got like different laughs. All right. Uh, thank you to Chris. You know, one of the things that I will say, and this is something that I've been trying to control. I don't know if I've been trying to control it, but I've been. Uh, so when I first started doing wrestling podcasting, I was always like, and this is going to sound wrong, but very, very professional. And I always spoke in a very professional setting. And I'm not saying that I'm not professional, but I've noticed that as I've done more and more podcasts, especially the ones that I do by myself, I noticed that my, how do I say this? Like my house personality comes out, like not my work personality, but my house personality, like the person that I am here at home. And for some reason, I don't, I like, I, it, I feel like I have to be like who I am, but at the same time, it's kind of embarrassing because some of the verbiage that I use, like some of the things that I, the way that I speak at home 
it it's kind of embarrassing because I'd be like, bruh, bro. And then I, I, I always include, I speak a lot of Spanglish at home. So I'm always saying like, se pasa and just like really dumb jokes. And honestly, I've noticed that it's starting to come out a lot more on these shows. And so that's something that I've been very cognizant of where I'm like, okay, calm down, calm down. But Chris, thank you so much for the super chat. Now I'm just overthinking. Chris sends in a, oh wait, that's the one I just read. My bad. Um, Heidi Ho sends in a super chat saying, uh, hangman used to be cool before he went emo. Can somebody get this guy a whiskey on the rocks? Wait, you don't think hangman's cool anymore? Hangman hasn't lost an ounce of coolness, dude. What? I mean, I still think hangman's cool. I mean, maybe he's not out there going like, I don't know. I think he's still cool. And he just had a banger of a match that makes him cool. Thank you so much to Heidi Ho, though. I appreciate it. Uh, we got everybody's throwing in their laugh. This is from Morbid, who says, I have a fake work laugh for customer. I worked retail for seven to eight years. I, seven, eight years, maybe more. I know what that's like. I know exactly what it's like to have a fake laugh for customers. And you says, I have a butthead laugh. I've tried to catch myself. Oh, I like that, the butthead laugh. Okay. Um, and I know you're talking about Beavis and Butthead. I know there's going to be people that think that I don't know Beavis and Butthead. So I want to make sure you know that I know Beavis and Butthead. Just making sure. All right. Um, let's see what else we got. And um, all right. I think for the most part, we're pretty cool. We're good. Okay. This is from Heidi Ho in, in a follow-up to his uh, super chat. He says, he used to be a badass. He's too emotional now. I don't think so. I, um, I kind of get what you mean by that. Yeah, I kind of get what you mean, but to me, it hasn't necessarily, I don't see Hangman Page any less of a badass. I, I really, truly don't. I don't see him as any less of a badass. And I feel like the emotion part, I feel like there was always shades of that there. Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like there were shades of that kind of a little bit. They were kind of always there. There you go. All right. And uh, let's go ahead and press on from here and see what people are saying. Um, let's get into Jake Hager versus Ricky Starks. So this one was probably my least favorite match of the night. I didn't think this one was too great. Um, this one was really just, it was just there. This was not, the Jericho Appreciation Society stuff on last week's show was the thing that, you know, a lot of people didn't really like. They didn't like the material. Uh, my whole gripe with it was that I thought it took too much. I thought it, I thought it was unnecessary and I would have liked those extra few minutes to really go to the main event. Um, as for this here, they did have some fun moments. You know, uh, Hager was mocking Ricky Starks. He was doing the Starks pose and this and that. Uh, there was a really cool moment where, uh, Hager throws Ricky Starks and he's trying to like throw him into the ring post, but instead Ricky Starks kind of goes and slides through, slides through. But then once he slides through, turns around, he ends up finding himself with a big boot from Jake Hager. To be honest, that was probably like my favorite portion of this match. Um, but we do end up seeing Starks get the win here. And then afterwards, he quickly runs away because uh, he's outnumbered by the Jericho Appreciation Society. And this all leads to us getting a, um, Chris Jericho basically says that uh, he's officially requested a tag team match between himself and Action Andretti against, uh, excuse me, himself and Sammy Guevara against Action Andretti and, um, and Starks. So they also, Daniel Garcia, I think they officially said, I think Daniel Garcia may be taking this, taking over this match. If he gets his win on Rampage, he might be the one uh, in this tag team match. So that, that was a little bit uh, not totally clear to me, but that's where we're at with this whole situation with the Jericho Appreciation Society. And um, I hope that it gets better, to be honest, because again, Jake Hager versus Ricky Starks didn't really feel like an entertaining match. And especially on a night like this, uh, there were just so many other matches that were better. Like Orange Cassidy, Jay Lethal was better. Um, I'm going to talk about the match that was the best of the match later on. The main event was really great. Uh, there was just a lot more that just stood out. Like this, completely forgettable. Completely forgettable. Uh, we got Vance Rawlings who says that jazz is becoming annoying uh, rather than entertaining. And we got Doppel Doppelganger who says, 
the hat saves the Jericho appreciation stuff for me. The hat is the best member of the group. I'm going to be real with everybody. I still hate the hat. I'm sorry. Like, I'm, I know I'm supposed to laugh. Sorry, I just turned heel on everybody here. But I know that I'm supposed to find the hat stuff funny. And every now and then, it'll get a chuckle out of me. But is it like real freaking comedy? No, it's so silly. And it makes me sad that that's, that's like the thing that we're all supposed to laugh at. After the first, second, third time, the hat is not like, it doesn't, it's not funny. It's just not funny. I'm sorry. I'm very sorry to everybody had my heel turn here, but I just don't care for the hat. I ha ha once. I ha ha twice. I don't want to ha ha no more about this hat. I'm over it. Uh, our rig says I hate that hat. That is why I love the hat. <laughs> oh, man. Chris says that hat had a good run, but it's buried with a, with a final fake laugh. Over the hat, guys. Base, Base Martian says, but Denise, he likes that hat. I get it, guys. He likes the hat. Uh, Justin Martin says Jericho still does a great job of mixing in just the right amount of comedy. The backstage promo was hilarious. Dude, Jericho's phenomenal, but Jericho is pretty much doing the majority of everything for the Jericho Appreciation Society. Like, the Jericho Appreciation Society could literally be just Chris Jericho by himself, appreciating him so his own, his own self. Literally. That's where I'm at here. Alexis P says hat envy. That's all I'm going to say, guys. I'm just jealous of the hat. That's all it is. All right. Um, but no, for reals, I'm sick and tired of that hat. And if, that, if that's the point, if I'm supposed to be worked by a hat, no. It's just, oh, I don't even want to say that. It, there should just be more, more than just the hat is what I'm saying. There needs to be more to the Jericho Appreciation Society than just the purple dang hat. Oh my God. All right. I feel like, I feel like no one understands me. I feel, I feel like I'm not connecting people here in regards to my hatred for this whole thing. Um, I'm so happy though, that Ricky Starks is getting this big moment with Jericho. I just kind of want to see it spice up because for example, like everything that Jericho and MJF did, Everything that Jericho and MJF did, oh my God, they thought outside the box. They did some really cool stuff. I kind of want to see something like that with Ricky Starks, where we're seeing all of these different uh, things and, uh, you know, just unexpected stuff with creative. More than a hat. That's where I'm at. Hank G says she's had enough. Holy shit. Hank G, do you work in advertising? Because if you don't, you might want to consider it. You might want to consider a career in advertising or marketing. All right, um, let's press on from here, guys. And this is true, though. This is true. Labor Days is right. In the beginning, I didn't get the scissoring stuff. I hated it, too. But this is the thing, though. I ended up changing my mind about the scissoring stuff a lot faster. And I have not changed my mind about the hat just yet. Give me a while. Give me a while. All right. Um, let's go ahead and uh, move on from here. And let's get into, um, really quickly, we did get a vignette from Adam Cole where they're recapping his uh, return to AEW that occurred at the LA show. And then also, he just basically says that, you know, he's going to run over anybody who gets in his way. And that was pretty much that. And also, Tony Khan did a recent interview to, that came out today where he's actually said that us, the fans, that the audience, we don't know the half of what Adam Cole actually went through. And so he kind of said like, oh, I can't wait to see what the fans, uh, I can't wait for the fans to see and hear everything that Adam Cole actually went through. So I am curious in terms of what he kind of meant by that. Like, what does he mean by that? Is, you know, what else, how, how else are we going to learn exactly what Adam Cole went through. So that was a little bit interesting, but either way, that's where we're at with that. But now, finally, the moment of the night that I've been wanting to talk about, the reason this podcast is going to be, like this was the reason I wanted to hop on this podcast today, was to talk about Brian Danielson versus Bandito, because this was awesome. Holy shit, this was awesome. Now, 
I have a whole ass paragraph about things that I loved in this match. I'm not going to go through every single bullet point because you guys would be here all night. But let's just kind of... I want to start off by saying that I am... One of the things that I was a little bit bummed about was that we haven't really been seeing much of Bandito, okay? We saw that match with him and Chris Jericho, which was the match that ended up getting him signed to AEW. After that, he had his match with Roosh on Rampage, and then he also had his match on Dynamite with Ethan Page, and then I think he did some stuff on Dark. I don't watch Dark. And we hadn't seen anything else with Bandito on Dynamite or Rampage. So finally, you know, they made this announcement of he's going to be one of the competitors against Brian Danielson. As you know, Brian Danielson has to get all of his wins in order to uh, win all his matches in order to get that match with, uh, with MJF at Revolution. Okay, so with all of that being said, man, I'm so happy that they gave this match all the time that they gave it. I don't know how much time they even gave it, but it felt like they had, it was enough for me. I mean, I would have taken at least a good, if they would have been like, hey, let's go a full 60 minutes here. I would have been so over the moon with that. While it was, while they get, while they did give it a lot of time, I still would have even enjoyed even more time with this match here because they had a unique match where they did a little bit of everything. And this was one of those matches that I had a moment where I was watching it and I was going, damn, I really am watching Brian Danielson versus Bandito right now. And it isn't being cut short. It isn't ending abruptly. We're actually letting it go as much as, you know, TV time permits. This was exciting for me. Watching this was so freaking cool. And this was legitimately one of my favorite dynamite matches in a very very uh long time i think that this one's definitely up there with some of my favorites but um let's talk about this so first of all the fresno crowd was going absolutely nuts for bandito i love the respect that they were showing him right off the bat they were just you know chanting his name um there was one point where when Brian Danielson was getting him with the yes kicks, everybody standing, started chanting uh, C instead of yes. So it became the C kicks instead of the yes kicks. That was pretty funny. And then there was also a Si Se Puede chant. I mean, they were making sure to light that place up and people were behind Bandito. And this is like, he's in the ring with Brian Danielson, who is freaking hella popular, but people were losing their shit for Bandito, which was really awesome to kind of see that. We saw a little bit of some, um, you know, some jabs between Danielson and uh, Bandito with the pistol thing. Uh, that was pretty cool. But what we did see early on in this match was some really unique submissions. That was really fun to see. Like there was a moment where Brian had uh, Bandito's arms literally trapped with his legs. And then Bandito literally lifts him up somehow. And as he's doing that, Brian just starts headbutting him. And it looked freaking cool. That was really awesome. We got two topes from uh, Bandito at one point. Um, and also, <laughs> they went to picture in picture. And usually picture in picture is my moment to like, go and do something else, get a drink of water or whatever it is. I did not leave. I made sure to watch every single moment in this picture in picture. Uh, during this uh, picture in picture, he gets them with a, um, he gets Bandito's upside down, hanging upside down on the ring post. And Brian Danielson is literally just getting him with a bunch of kicks and then finally does like a sliding uh, baseball kick, baseball slide right into um right into bandito that was really cool um finally we come back from this and we just get so much more guys we get brian gets him in the surfboard we see uh an exchange of chops between them um we see a torneo from bandito we see uh bandito do the the same vertical suplex spot that he did with uh chris jericho but with brian danielson and for a moment there it kind of seemed like he wasn't going to get it and like he was struggling a bit but then brian danielson ended up getting like in the perfect up to upright position so it looked really freaking cool um frog splash from brian uh what else did we get here there was okay so when he hit the frog splash um he ended up getting the knee his knees up and so this essentially allowed the transition 
into the label lock. So that was kind of cool to see how that just like shifted and went so very, very, very fast. Um, after this, I'm thinking it was during this point where he had him in the label lock that I thought the match was over. I thought it was going to be done because there's been times where I've really been enjoying a match and then it'll just end. And I'm like, oh man, it could have gone a little bit longer, but they didn't do that with this one. Like they made sure to actually let it breathe a little bit, but Bandito did get his, uh, ended up getting his, uh, his, his leg on the actual rope instead of his arm because Brian Danielson was really, really working that arm of Bandito to the point where I was kind of like cringing seeing that and seeing how he, uh, how it looked. It looked really, really good. Um, afterwards, finally, we see uh, Brian do a jumping knee to Bandito. Uh, we see Bandito do the 21 plex, goes for the pin, gets a near fall. We see another slap exchange. And then finally, um, we do end up seeing uh, Brian get the label lock. Uh, Bandito lifts him up. Danielson pushes him off. And we get a knee from Brian. And he finally defeats Bandito. Um, this was art, guys. I don't know how else to say this. They played like all different levels here. And this was good freaking stuff. Like, that's all I can say. I have no better recap than that other than if you didn't watch this match, please go out of your way to watch it. Um, this was good stuff and they did a lot here. They got very creative and that was probably my favorite thing about it was some of the creative moments that we saw and you can tell that they were having a good time wrestling each other. So that was really nice. Thumbs up, man. And it just makes me so happy because every single time um, every single time Bandito goes out there, like he freaking delivers, man. He delivers like that match that he had with Chris Jericho was so good. He got himself signed with the company. Okay. Uh, so that's really good stuff. But um, we do find out that Brian Cage will be the next opponent for Brian Danielson. That is going to be taking place next week on Dynamite. Heidi Ho sends in a super chat saying, I didn't know anything about, about Bandito. I could watch him wrestle every week. He may be my favorite uh, luchador. Honestly, yeah, like go back and like watch some of his stuff, guys. Like I've been seeing him. Like I remember when I started seeing him in like some of the indie stuff that I would go to. And uh, man, I think I saw, I think it was Bandito and Flamita. And that was like, God, that was a while back, actually. It was at one of the WrestleMania weekend shows. And I remember seeing that and going like freaking out that I even got to like, it was crazy. But um, there's just been so many different moments where, and you know what's, what's, what's nuts to me too was I always wondered like why he wasn't picked up, like why he wasn't, you know, in WWE, like way before, like way before. I always wondered like, why isn't he here? Why isn't he there? And so now getting to kind of see you know, him get these opportunities. And now that he's officially signed with AEW, and I even like that he had options where WWE was also interested in him. That's pretty freaking cool, man. That's all I can say. Uh, but thank you so much to Heidi Ho as well for sending in the super chat. But everyone's saying the exact same thing. Uh, this is was an absolute banger. Alexis P says it got a, this is awesome chant um, for submission exchanges. Hell yeah, like that's definitely something to point out. Uh, usually we get uh, this is awesome stuff for, you know, big, big, flashy, flashy spots, right? Chris sends in a super chat saying from where AEW started getting through a pandemic to now giving us Bandito versus Danielson on free TV is amazing. What a ride it's been. And it is, there've been giving us some, there's been so many matches that like, I can't believe happened on Dynamite that were free television. Uh, there's been some good ones and this one's definitely up there with that. Uh, but thank you so much to Chris as well. <laughs> Alexis P says Bandito knows how to control the crowd even without a face actually and here's here is um so you can't even see it so I might as well bring it up here so this is my uh Bandito mask I actually just got this mask in um when I was at Triple Mania in October of last year and so I ended up getting this mask it was very very cheap too but if you guys only knew the materials really really great um but yeah, so this is just, you know, obviously it's not like authentic, but it's pretty freaking awesome though. So this is my uh, Bandito mask. I love it too. I love all the glitter and shiny and stuff. They, he has so many and they sell them outside the venue. So there is just so many options of masks that you can get. That's also where I got the Black Taurus one. Um, so yeah, just happy that I got to show off my Bandito mask for today since 
my body was blocking it in the first place. But anyways, um, all right. And let's go ahead and see what else people, uh, what you guys are saying here in the chat here. Uh, Heidi Ho says, where can I get a bandito mask? I'm sure you can look online. A lot of the masks that I got, I've gotten them like online and stuff just by like searching. And then, but honestly, I mean, I know that not everybody's just going to go out and fly to Mexico or something. But honestly, if you ever do end up in Mexico, uh, just go get yourself your mask there because they are incredibly cheap. I got like five masks and some tea. No, not five masks. No, actually, I got a couple of masks, some action figures, uh, a couple of T-shirts. And I don't even think I spend $100. Honestly, I don't even think I spend 100 bucks. Juan Ortega says, put it on, girl. Oh, everyone's asking why I didn't put it on. My bad. All right. Sorry, guys. Give me a second. My head's a little big. Hold on. Hold the phone. This is sorry to the audio viewers. So this is the uh, mask. And sorry, I, I don't know where the other strap went. But it's really nice, isn't it? Check it out. I didn't tie it right, but it's there. And honestly, like I'm sure his is probably just a little bit, you know, different, but I do like how even though it's covering your face, you don't actually feel like you can't breathe or anything. At least I don't because you can still do the little flap and you can still get, you know, some breathing room and whatnot. So it feels pretty good. Like, I don't feel like I would be too constricted. Granted, I ain't going to be wrestling, but if I were... I wouldn't feel too constricted uh, wearing the actual mask. But <laughs> Alexis P says, really brings out your eyes. <laughs> uh, Jeffrey K says, people are finding out how great the talent was on the Ring of Honor roster the past few years. No surprise to me at all. And so many other amazing guys we haven't seen much of yet. I mean, here's the thing. If, if Bandito can, and Bandito and so many others can wrestle in masks, I can talk in a mask for at least a little bit. <laughs> AU says, I hope this was your COVID mask. Actually, I did have some pretty cool COVID masks um, that I also, that were also Lucha ones. So they had a bunch of Lucha COVID masks that you can wear. They even had a Cycle Clown one that had the actual tongue. So it was a COVID mask, but it also had the actual tongue sticking out, which was pretty cool. Um, I got one for my husband and he actually wore that thing to work. And I told him like how embarrassing your boss is like not going to take you seriously anymore. Um, but there you go. All right, guys, let me go ahead and uh, take this off and get into the next portion of the show. All righty. And now my face is all red. Okay. Last but not least, we got our main event, and that was Darby Allen versus Kushida for the AEW TNT Championship. Now, I do want to point out, because Bandito and Brian Danielson was so good, I kind of, and here's the thing. Now, I love Darby Allen, and I love Kushida, too. I'm so happy for Kushida because, man, you know, this was his AEW debut, but he spent so much time over on NXT and he had some great matches, um, part of the uh, black and gold version of NXT. But when NXT went to uh, 2.0, he he wasn't portrayed the same way. I mean, he was literally doing jacket time with Eichmann Jiro and it was very hokey and very silly and you weren't being able to take him seriously. Like the fans weren't able to take him seriously. And so unfortunately, like there was just so much time that was kind of wasted there for him. Um, but he did have a lot of great matches though, during his time period um, with the black and gold, uh, you know, NXT and whatnot, but either way. So I'm so happy that he's here, but given that, you know, Bandito and Brian had match of the night, I kind of felt like, oh man, you know, Darby and Kushida really got to, you know, do something different. They've got to really, you know, go out there and do whatever they can to uh, really live up to the expectation of being the main event. Because clearly, you know, the main event just has to always be a little bit better. But um, I don't think that this was match of the night. But I will say this, though. I loved that they went out there and they, they worked a different kind of match with uh, Kushida working the shoulder of Darby Allen and, you know, seeing that play out through the entirety of this match with them kind of, you know, going to different parts of the actual um 
you know, ring and playing with different points on the ring and whatnot. To me, that really added to this one and made it feel a lot different. There was some really good camera work too during this. There was a moment where Darby went, went on the top rope, did like a leg drop off, but instead uh, Kushida like literally catches him. And to me, that was really cool because we, the camera work that we saw in this match really added to just making it feel different. This felt more like, this felt more like a revenge. It felt like Kushida really wanted to uh, just, you know, break the arm of Darby Allen. It felt like he really wanted to just break his arm. And so to me, I really like how this match and the story played out uh, throughout it all. And it stood out. It was different from what we saw earlier with Bandito and Brian. Um, it was different and it stood out all on its own. So to me, that was definitely something that, um, that I did end up enjoying a whole lot. Uh, he got the hoverboard lock on Darby. That was another thing. Um, there was so much that they did here. Eventually, we do see Darby Allen uh, re retain his championship. But this was a good moment, uh, a good main event. And I love how Darby Allen, Darby Allen was one of my favorites, you know, TNT champions. And I really wasn't a fan of Wardlow's reign as TNT champion. I really, I, I you know, we didn't get too much out of Scorpio Sky either. So I kind of feel like Darby is kind of, oh, and Samoa Joe did great. Samoa Joe for, you know, the short time period that he was TNT champion, I thought he did great too. But I really do think that right now Darby is starting to kind of, I don't know, just do a little bit. <sighs> I'm liking his title defenses a whole lot. And I loved the ones that he had the first time around as TNT champion. And so I like the direction that we're going in with Darby and the cool matches that we're seeing him in, especially with competitors like Kushida. So great main event where we were at with all of that. Man, good stuff. Alrighty, everyone. So final comments, send them in. Uh, we got Juan Ortega who says we need a rematch because Shida was robbed. And it did happen very win too. Very, very quick victory there, man. And also there was a moment where they uh, were trying to get Sting to throw in the towel for Darby. And that was something to pay attention to pay attention to too because if you guys remember a couple of weeks ago, Darby had that whole um, that whole promo backstage where he kind of felt like nobody was on his side and he felt like not even Sting was on his side or that Sting believed in him. But then Sting kind of gave him this, I don't know, this pep talk and uh, he wanted him to be angry so he can carry that and that could be his motivating factor. And so I kind of tied that in with, hmm, that's interesting that they had that backstage segment and then they had this moment where they teased uh, the possibility, but Sting was like, nah, I'm not throwing the towel in for Darby. Are you kidding me? That's not going to happen. Um, so this was all good stuff and overall a nice pay-per-view. Um, all right, guys, that is it for today's show. I seriously want to thank you guys so much as always for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, please uh, give it a like, leave a nice comment, share it on social media. If you tag me, I will make sure to retweet you. I'm always retweeting uh, people that help sh uh, promote this show and whatnot. And I am live here three times a week. I'm here on Tuesdays for NXT, Wednesdays for AEW Dynamite, and then Fridays for SmackDown and Rampage. Dynamite is my most popular show of the week, so please make sure to come and join. Uh, until next time, guys, I appreciate you all so much. Have a lovely weekend. Oh my gosh, have a lovely week. And I will see you guys back here on Friday. Thank you so much, everyone. Good night.